Thanks, Daniel. Well, my name is Ron Cole. I'm one of the pastors here, and welcome to each and every one of you, and again, to those of you who are watching online. Last week's Sunday morning, we started a series here that we're going to be talking about, uh, we call kind of family stories. We talked about how uh, hopefully we have these in our own families, that uh, stories about grandpas and grandmas and uncles and aunts, and they tell us who we are and where we came from, and they tell us what's important, and, and we pass those on to the next generations, and our ancestors shape us in that way. They don't determine what we are and who we become, but they have an impact on us. We also talked last week about how we not only have family stories about our biological families, but about faith family stories, about those who've gone before us, about Paul and Peter and James and Elijah and Elisha. And, and, and the Bible gives us these stories of, of those who walked with God. And one of the things we recognize that's important for us to understand is that the Bible's very honest. Quite often when we take these stories seriously, when we take a close look at these stories, we see that those who are our ancestors were pretty messed up. They made some pretty bad calls, some things that were really foolish, and we're going to see that very clearly this morning. And so we we see ourselves in those sometimes foolish actions of those who have gone before us, but we also have to remember again the main character is always God. It's God who is the one who makes things right. God is the one who makes things new. So we're calling it God's blessed up, messed up family, and that's us, and we're looking specifically at Jacob. In order to understand Jacob, we have to understand some of his biological family, and we start with his grandpa, with his grandpa by the name of Abraham. And Abraham is identified throughout Bible, throughout the Bible and throughout the church as the father of faith, okay? Abraham was the one who heard God's call, And Abraham just trusted him. He left Ur of the Chaldees, and he went to the promised land, not knowing where he was going. God said, just leave this. Go to the place. I'll bring you there. And he went. And and we call him the father of faith. But he was something else. Even more importantly, he was the carrier of the promised one. See, God was going to bless Abraham. But we also know from the the Bible that God was going to bless the world through Abraham and through his seed. In Genesis 12, 3, we read this. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you, okay? This blessing was never meant to be just for Abraham. It was to go out. Genesis twenty two eighteen, and through your offspring. Somewhere down the line, Abraham, you are going to be blessed, and you are going to bless the entire world. We call that person the Messiah, the Christ. It was Jesus, and that's what we see already promised here in Genesis 22. And Abraham was the one who was the carrier of that promise, and that promise is the hope of the world. So tracing that carrier, tracing that line to Jesus is a really important thing. So we have Abraham is there. He's not the promised one, though he is one who is promised to by God. He needs children, and it was a long story. It took a long time, but he married Sarah, and uh, when Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90, they had Isaac, and he became the carrier of the promised one. Again, he wasn't the promised one. He was the carrier of the promised one, and so he married Rebecca, and they had to wait 20 years to have their first child, and they had twins. Talked about it last week. Esau, he was red. He was hairy. He was a hunter. He was an outdoorsman. He was a, a guy's guy. And, and his twin brother, who came out grasping his heel, Jacob means he grasps a heel or he tricks. He's a, dischemer, a schemer, a trickster. Jacob came out immediately afterwards, and he was kind of the polar opposite. Esau was red, hairy, big, 
Jacob was probably pale, but he was, he was, he, his skin was clean. He didn't have a lot of hair on it. it. He was an indoorsman. He was a trader. He was a herdsman. He did not go out and, and, and do a lot of the manly man kind of stuff out there that Esau was doing. And we saw from early on in their lives that these two were like a couple of, a couple of bulls, a couple of rams who were just going at each other and who were just willing. And, and they did this in the womb, in fact. They were already going after each other that much. In our fine, dysfunctional Christian Jewish family, it wasn't just the kids who were a problem. We talked last week as well that Isaac and Rebecca, the parents, did something no good parent does, but they chose favorites. Isaac loved Esau, but Rebecca loved Jacob, and so we have this going on and this division that's, that's happening right here. Isaac loved Esau. Isaac thought that Esau was the one who should become the carrier of the promise. Okay, that was Isaac's thought. That's what he believed. Now, this was in spite of something that God had said to Rebecca when Rebecca was still quick carrying the twins. I've got to set this up right. But the Lord said to Rebecca, said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples from within you will be separated, okay? And one people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Okay? We're going to do things a little different. God does things his way, and the older will serve the younger. Usually the older is the leader. This time God's going to mix it up. And, and so we have a sense right now that it's actually going to be Jacob who is going to be the carrier of the promised one. All right, He is the one who's going to do that. But for now, it's Isaac. So let's bring a couple of symbols in here so that we can keep track of the characters. Today, this story is fantastic. It is just fascinating, and uh, it, it just you'll see the drama of it. It, it, it just You kind of go, oh, what do you do with this? This story actually takes place 20, 50 years after the, the twins are born, okay? So it's about somewhere in there. A lot, is, a lot of time has passed. A couple of stories that were told, but basically what you need to know happened in chapter 26 is that, well, Rebecca and Jacob moved further away. Isaac put Rebecca at risk in a way. And then Esau also married the Hittite women. He kind of went his own way. And so if anything, they are more uh, separated. Uh, Rebecca and Jacob are, are tied together closely, but everybody else is fairly separated. By this time, Isaac. Isaac is old, okay? He is, in fact, bedridden. Um, took me 20 minutes to get him to bed. Uh, <laughs> okay, he's, he's, he's bedridden. He's, he's down there, and he's blind, okay? He can't see. Doesn't, just, he's, he's getting older. His mind is still there for the most part, but he's blind, and he thinks he's going to die. Okay, He thinks he's going to die. And so what he does is he calls Esau to come and, and visit with him. All right, He calls Esau in. Esau comes into his room there, and he, and, and he said this. Isaac said, I, I am now an old man, and I don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment your quiver and your bow and go out in the open country and hunt some wild game for me. Isaac loved the food that Esau prepared. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat. And then these key words, so that I may give you my blessing before I die. So that I may give you my blessing before I die. And that is huge. We need to stop a second, pull back, and think about this thing called a blessing and, and how important it was in that culture and how even though we don't talk about it as important, it's hugely important in our culture as well, all right? Now, the blessing is not the same as the birthright. Last week, we talked about the birthright. That goes to the firstborn son automatically, 
okay? It goes to the, the oldest son, involves a double inheritance, okay? A double portion of the inheritance. And then we talked last week that it also involved family leadership. So that went immediately to Esau because he was the oldest by just a few seconds. But Esau got that, not Jacob. Now last week, Jacob tricked Esau into, into selling it to him. And we talked about that. But that's not what the blessing is. What the blessing is, is, is it's a pronouncement, with actions, okay? It's a pronouncement with actions. It would be something where quite often a, a, a father, a grandfather, somebody in leadership would put their hands on somebody else and they would speak words. And these words would be powerful words because what they would be is they would be kind of a, a, a pronouncement, a declaration of who this person is and what that person will become. It, 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 if you think about it, if you're a parent or a teacher or you have kids that you care about, you may have done something like this. I know when our kids were younger, one of the things that we did is, is when we would see certain things in them, we'd say, hey, you're really good at this. I think you could do this someday. The one we got wrong was Jake. We said, we think you could be a policeman. He actually kind of got caught by police. So he's kind of gone the other, but that's a different story. But, but no, right? You do that with your kids. You see those gifts in them as a, a parent and you, and, and you pronounce that, you declare that and you affirm them. And that's what happens at this blessing. But it wasn't just an announcement. It was also th- th- something happened, not magical, but it was an empowerment. Okay. It, it empowered and enabled the person to become that. And, and so you can imagine how powerful that is. It, it, you may have kind of seen it done in, in hospital rooms where somebody has just maybe put a hand, a person who's passing away, to say, I think you can do this well. I see these gifts in you. And that was hugely important. It was a big deal to be blessed, to be affirmed and empowered. And that's why I say it still is today. In fact, as we all hunger to be blessed We want people to tell us that we are affirmed, that we are accepted, that we are loved. Some of us never heard those words from our parents, and we struggle with it all of our lives. And sometimes we're trying to do everything we can to hear mom say, I love you, to hear dad say, you're valuable to me, to hear something like that. So this is a big deal. And it was, in that culture, a fairly formal celebration. I mean, the giving of the, the blessing was, was an important moment. Again, it usually included the entire family. If you go to the end of the book of Genesis and look at where, where Jacob is blessing his children, all the children are gathered around him. He's the, and he goes and he blesses each one of them. It usually included the entire family. It often involved a celebratory meal. So when Isaac sends Esau out to get food, it's not unusual. That's kind of what you would do. You'd eat together if, you, if everybody was healthy enough and so on. And then you would have the ceremony of the blessing. And, and while there's only one birthright, blessings could be given to each child. Now, interesting, you couldn't give the same blessing to more than one child. <laughs> I mean, you had to pronounce each one individually, and that's where it went. So this, this thing that, that Isaac is talking about, he calls Esau in, and it's this amazing, powerful family moment. God designed us to have these, this family moment where Isaac is going to bless Esau, but there's something really interesting, and, and it maybe already hit you. But Isaac wants to do this privately. He wants to do this in secret. He does not tell Rebekah what he's going to do. He does not tell Jacob what he's going to do. He calls Esau into his place privately because... <laughs> 
because he doesn't think Rebecca would support him because he, he knows Jacob would try to pull something. And so he's trying to pull the strings himself. He's going to do this and, and, pro- and provide this blessing to Esau, probably because he certainly wants to give Esau the biggest blessing. And he loved Esau. Esau was the one. But I think also there's at least the idea, the hint, that he was trying to name Esau the carrier of the promised one. Ultimately, that was God's choice, and Isaac knew that. But, but he wondered if maybe he could, he could undo those words that were spoken earlier and, and, and get Esau in that position and kind of force God's hand to say, God, can't you see what you should do? And so Esau, Isaac, is, is playing a little game here, a game that sometimes we as parents play. So he says, Esau, go out and I will bless you. Rebecca is a piece of work. <laughs> now, Rebecca, she was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau, but she wasn't in the room. <laughs> she was just kind of hanging outside and she overheard. Just happened to be there, and she overheard. She runs back to Jacob to talk to him. Esau leaves, and, and Rebecca says, Look, I, I overheard. I, how did it happen? I was walking by, and he said this. <laughs> you know how dad is. He talks real loud. I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, Bring me some game. Prepare me some tasty food to eat so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. He's trying to steal this thing. You know what God told me. I've told you all along that you are the one. You are the one. I I told you that. And now Isaac is trying to get away with something. Well, let me tell you, he can't pull one over on us. He cannot pull one over on us. So now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you to do. I mean, this this is intrigue, right? Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. He thinks he's going to get us, I'm going to get him. Go get some meat, and, and I'll prepare it just the way he likes it. Esau, I, I know how he cooks, and I can do that. Then take it to your father to eat, so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. What a family. This is us. This is us. Jacob has some concerns, <laughs> but don't worry, they're not moral concerns. He's not worried about lying to his father. He's not worried about stealing the blessing that Isaac wants to give to Esau. He's concerned about getting caught. He's concerned that he is so different. His voice is different. His skin is different. He is so different than his brother that his father will not fall for it. Yeah, Isaac is blind, but Jacob says, but my brother Esau is a hairy man while I have smooth skin. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and, and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. He says, Mom, if we do this, we're going all in. <laughs> and it's make or break, right? Because if we get caught, we are both done. At least I am. Are you sure we should go all in? And Rebecca says, yeah. My son, I can take care of it. Let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and grab them for me, okay? I can handle it. And Rebecca is convinced. She, can, she has handled Isaac his whole life. She can handle Esau. And she thinks she can handle God too. <laughs> I can take care of this. I can take care of this. And deep down, there's a part of us that thinks that too. So Jacob goes out and he... Uh, yeah, there he goes, comes back with the food. Rebecca cooks it. And he says, yeah, but I'm still... She says, ah, 
we can fool the old goat, so to speak. And she takes some of the goat skin, she puts it on his back, gives him maybe a beard, because I would grow one if I could grow hair too. And she puts some of Esau's clothes on him. And if Jacob looks a little silly here, that's okay. And he goes, and he goes with the food to Isaac. And Rebecca, you know she's there. You know she's there. She wants to hear what's happening, but she wants to keep Esau away. If Esau comes back early, she can tell him, oh, you got to see the two-headed goat. You got to come and see this one over here. No, you got, you can. Jacob says, my father, he's trying to sound different, right? He's got to sound like Esau, my father. He, he tries to keep his answers relatively short. Isaac says, yes, my son. Who is it? Who, 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 which one of my boys are you? I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. So Isaac sits up. Took me ten minutes. Isaac isn't sure. And so what he's going to do is he's going to give six tests to see, is this really Esau? Or am I being tricked? The first test is the too quick test. He he says this, how did you find it so quickly, my son? How how did you do this? You, You had to track an animal. You had to shoot it. You had to clean it. You had to cook it, all that stuff. How did you do this so quickly, my son? And Jacob says, oh, the Lord your God gave me success. <laughs> Had those goats right in the pen. <laughs> the Lord your God. Calls on God to justify his lie. But he passes. Test one. Test two. The one he was worried about. The touch test. Come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. Come on, let me touch you. I, I know that you guys have different skin. <laughs> and so he does it. And Isaac says, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And so he passes the first one. The hands are the hands of Esau. I mean, Esau must have been a hairy guy. If goat skin feels like Esau, right? That's a hairy guy. And, and, and so, but there was a second test, that he, a third test, rather, uh, that, that was going on here, and that's the voice test. And that one he fails. He fails because the voice is the voice of Jacob. He's got... About a D plus, right? 66%. He might even be failing at this point. Isaac still isn't sure, not ready to throw it out, not ready to accept it. So he gives the honesty test. Are you really my son? Esau? Tell it to me straight. Just, I guess he couldn't say look me in the eye, but tell it to me straight. Are you really my son? I am. It's a pass. But Jacob's reputation was such that it was a small pass because everybody knew he was a liar. Taste five, the taste test, all right. Is this, is this the right stuff? Does it taste the right way? My son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him and he ate and, and he brought some wine and he drank and Rebecca must have pulled it off because it's a pass. Now we're four out of five. And then the final test, the smell test. The smell test. Come here, my son, and kiss me. And again, this family, nobody's honest with each other. Because <laughs> Isaac was not looking for a kiss. He was looking for a sniff. Come here, my son, and kiss me. And so Jacob does. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, 
kiss me because I want to smell your clothes. And he says, pass. He blessed him. And he's ready to go. So Jacob gets down next to Isaac. And Rebecca is excited. <laughs> this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Now recognize at this point, Isaac is happy too. Because Isaac thinks he's pulling this one off, right? Isaac thinks he's got Esau here. Isaac is ready. And so he's going to go all in. He's going to say, I'm giving you everything I can, all the good stuff that I can. And here's the blessing. Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed, like Middleville. May God give you the heaven's dews and rich, earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine, the fruit of the land, Right? May God bless you with that, the land and the fruit of the land. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brother. And may the sons of your mother bow down to you. Again, he thinks he's telling this to Esau. Even though God had said to Rebekah, the older will serve the younger. He said, no, no, no. He said, I declare it right now. I'll pronounce it with my official blessing that your brother will serve you. But I'll be, it's exactly what God said. They meant it for evil, but God meant it to good. Authority over others. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed in impact on others. And so Isaac lays back down, and Jacob stands there, and Rebekah goes back. We don't know how long he stood there. I don't know if it was just a second. I wonder sometimes, did he have any sense of guilt over what he had just done? Did he look on his father and just think, I, we don't know. But he went back, and Rebecca is just so happy. Now, as soon as he left, after Isaac finished blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. Okay, so Esau comes in. Esau's excited. He's got his food prepared. He's ready to do this. And he, and he comes in, and Isaac is happy because he has just blessed Esau in his mind. That's what he thinks has happened until Esau speaks. My father, please sit up. Eat some of my game so that you may give me my blessing, so that you can give me your blessing. Father, do this for me. Esau says, we're going to get away with it. This is going to be so great. And Isaac just stops. If you can imagine that moment, he just stops. And he says, who are you? I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. And Isaac trembled violently. You can just imagine this uh, uh, old man in bed just shaking when he realized what has happened, when he realized what he did, that he was taken advantage of, just like he planned on doing that to somebody else. And, and he said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I think he knows. I ate it just before you came, and I blessed him I blessed him and indeed he will be blessed it's the power of the blessing I can't take it back and Isaac is just torn apart because he blessed Jacob when he intended to bless Esau and it's just so painful for him when Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry. I imagine him just looking up to the heavens and he screams out, No! No! And in that scream, 
Again, I mean, this, this is just such a powerful scene. That scream goes through the house and it lands and then just goes out of the ears of Jacob and Rebecca. And I don't know what they felt, but they felt something. And Esau turns and he is just broken. Bless me. Me too, my father. Bless me. I need your word of blessing. Bless me, Father. I need this. And here is Esau, this man's man, this tough guy, and he is just broken down. Isaac says, your brother, your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. And now we see some anger from Esau. Isn't he rightly named Jacob the schemer? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright, and now he's taken my blessing. Haven't you reserved any blessing for me? And again, part of the problem is Esau overdid it because he didn't want to give Jacob anything, but now he has very little left for Esau. I have made him Lord over you, and I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. I mean, this guy is just crying, and Isaac is crying. And just the pain of those two realizing what has happened. Esau gets down. And Isaac says, Your dwelling will be away from the earth's riches and away from the dew of heavens above. You will leave the land. You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. You will not have family authority. It's going to be just like the Lord told your mother. But when you grow restless, the one bit of good news, when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from your neck. One day he will be free from Jacob. And Esau stands and again waits. And then he leaves and he goes further away than he did before. And he said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. And I tell you this, then I will kill my brother Jacob. And he puts him in his sight. Rebecca, remember Rebecca? She knows all. <laughs> Esau said this to himself, but she catches wind of it. Your brother Esau is planning to avenge himself by killing you. She says to Jacob, I got to tell you, now we got another problem. Now then, my son, do what I say. Flee at once to my brother Laban in Haran. Okay, you got to get out of here. You got to go back to where I came from. Otherwise, your brother is going to kill you. I'll send word pretty soon when he's settled down. But why should I lose both of you in one day? Rebecca knows she's lost Esau. She won't be able to talk to him anymore. Then Rebecca goes, and for the first time in the story, she talks to Isaac. This is the first time the couple is talking to each other, and she lies. She says, I'm disgusted with living because of these Hittite women. Again, Esau was married to them. If Jacob takes a wife from among the women of this land, from Hittite women like these, my life will not be worth living. We've got to send him back to Haran. And Isaac says, okay. And he says, Jacob, can you come in here? And Jacob does. And interesting. Isaac gives him another blessing. Knowing what he has done, Isaac gives him another blessing. Some of it is repeated, but some of it is new, including these words, May God give you and your descendants the blessing giving to Abraham. May God give you and your descendants the blessing. And with that, I think what we see is Isaac recognizing that Jacob is indeed the carrier of the promised one. 
And Jacob leaves and goes off to Haran. And Rebekah goes to her corner, waiting till she can send for Jacob. And she never can. Jacob is gone for 20 years. And during that time, Rebekah dies. This, my friends, is a tragic story. This is a messed up family. And we have Isaac, who gave the blessing to the wrong son in his view. Esau, who's ready to kill his brother. Jacob, who's away from the people in the land. And Rebekah dies. What do we learn? What, what do we learn? Real quick, four lessons. I, I, I know the time, but these are all rooted in the story. First of all, let me just say, we all hunger to be blessed. We all deeply hunger. In some ways, this is what's going to drive Jacob his entire life. He wants to be blessed. He wants to be approved. He wants to be affirmed. He wants to be accepted. He wants to be loved. Not necessarily with material blessings. That is not the most important thing. But we hunger to have somebody important affirm our value and identity. That's what a parent does, what a grandparent does, what a teacher or a coach does. We hunger to have someone important encourage us and empower us. So real quick, Parents, coaches, grandparents, please bless those who look up to you. Take the time, whether you do it formally or informally, but name those things you see in your sons and in your daughters. Give them the blessing of knowing that you accept them, that you love them, that you affirm them. It doesn't mean you affirm everything about them, you love everything about them, but let them know that you see gifts in them, you see God's, God's presence in them, God's image in them. Bless. Bless those whom you can bless. We all hunger to be blessed. And sometimes because of that, we do foolish things. Sometimes we do foolish things in an attempt to be blessed by others and by God. We get tired of waiting. It is so hard to wait on God's timing. Imagine Rebecca. Again, it's 50 years she'd heard this promise. And she finally got to a place where she said, I got to do something. I can't trust God to take care of it because I know Isaac has got something, so I've got to do something. And she jumps in, and she does this foolish thing. She dresses Jacob up in Esau's clothes. And, and Jacob is there trying to pretend he's somebody else so he can be blessed. And if that's not a picture of our lives, I don't know what is. How much of our time don't we spend dressing up so people will like us? How much time don't we spend trying to look like somebody everybody should like? And, and we wear other people's clothes and we put on other people's personas and we cover up who we are. We cover up so much of who we are. We pretend to be somebody we're not. We pretend to like things we don't even like so people will like us. If the group says this movie is great, how much don't we say, I liked it too because I want you to like me. We all do it. I was going through some of my books today and this is the Confessions of St. Augustine. He wrote it in like three-something, early 300s. I have it on my, my shelf. It is a classic. Any seminary professor will tell you that this is a hugely important book. I wouldn't know because I've never read it. But I want you to think I'm the kind of guy who would, Right? I looked at it and I thought, I got several books here I don't throw away. And the only reason I don't give them away or throw them away is because if somebody comes in, I want them to think I'm that guy. I'm that pastor who reads Augustine. I'm that pastor who reads Reinhold Niebuhr, The Nature and Destiny of Man. No, I don't. I gave that one away. But you know, so much of who we, we, we're trying 
to be somebody else. And, and we can laugh about it sometimes, but sometimes it's tragic. Because we spend our whole lives pretending and covering ourselves in somebody else's clothes and goat hair. We can do foolish things in our attempt to be blessed by God. Third, when we seek to be blessed our way, there are consequences. God's plan doesn't stop. And God doesn't just kind of punish us in that way. But the fact is when we take matters into our own hands, when, we, you know, when we're in that difficult spot and we're waiting and we say, I can't wait any longer, I have to do something. I have to do... I mean, look at the... Rebecca will never see Jacob again. Jacob has to run away, and Isaac loses both of his boys. God is not up there saying, oh, you did that, I'm going to punish you with this. But the fact is, sometimes when we choose to ignore God's ways and do things our ways, we put ourselves in positions where... Now, I don't know how God would have gotten this done if this hadn't happened this way, but God would have. Okay? I can guarantee you God would have done it because God keeps his promises. But like you and me so often, we can't wait. And, and there are consequences. Again, it doesn't mean God doesn't love us. It doesn't mean that we're not forgiven. But how many bumps are in my road because I wasn't willing to wait for God? And the fourth and finally, most importantly, our deepest need to be blessed, that hunger that is deepest is satisfied. Two things that we need to do. One is stop trying to dress up to impress people, okay? We can be with each other here. One of the things that should be true of us as Christians is we don't need to put on masks. You don't need to try to talk like Esau. You don't need to try to look like a saint because you're not and I'm not. And we can stop pretending and just admit. We call it confession. This is me, God. I'm not who I should be and I don't do what I should do when we stop trying to dress up to impress people and then realize that at the cross, Jesus dressed up, or I should say dressed down, in our sins so we could be blessed. This is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God made him. Jesus came, and in a sense, Jesus pulled an Esau. He or Jacob, rather, he put on somebody else's clothes. But in this case, he wasn't trying to dress up. He was dressing down. And on that cross, Jesus said, Ron, I will take your sins and I will put on your clothes. And then he clothed me in his righteousness. Friends, I can be honest about who I am because, because who I am is somebody who's made new in Christ. On my own, I'm not so good. But in Christ, I am righteous. And I don't have to play the game. And I can accept God's amazing grace. And I can understand that because of his love, I am blessed. Not because of myself, but because of what Jesus did on the cross. And so we sing, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we say, God, help us to trust you. Let's pray together. Father, uh, it's a powerful story. We want to be blessed. We need to be loved and affirmed and accepted.
forgive us for all those ways that we've tried to put on somebody else's clothes. Remind us that you came in Christ so that we could have new clothes from you. So thank you. Teach us to trust your timing. For those of us who are struggling right now who want to change something really bad because it's not the way it's supposed to be, give us patience and courage to wait because you will make all things beautiful in your time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.